0: the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team
1: the following is a presentation of the treasure island baseball
2: network from the diamond to the clubhouse
1: to the front office this is the show that feeds the passion for all twins fans it's inside twins inside twins is sponsored by killebrew root beer made in minnesota it's how memories are created and legends are made
3: well, it's time for another edition of Inside Twins. Welcome. It's brought to you by Killer Root Made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. We're live in studio. We don't get to do this every week, but always a pleasure. have got Paul Molitor in studio. Jack Morris is here as well, as we've got half an hour to kind of uh, noodle over things that have gone on over the course of the past week and, and on into the, uh, the next week or so as well. First of all, uh, welcome to both of you, gentlemen. And, and Paul, I want to start with kind of a more vague question. People deal with the game in very different ways and I recently read a piece that Michael Kodaya wrote I think for USA Baseball about how he always considered his drive home to be one of the most important parts of the day because that was where he would put today's game away and kind of then transition into uh, A, being a real life human away from the ballpark and also into the next day's game. What's your process like? Because whether it's a tough loss, whether it's a big win, you're a pretty even killed guy, a forward-thinking guy. What, what is your post-game process to, to deal with the grind of a season like?
4: I think Michael's points are well taken. I think there's probably a lot of people that follow that formula, at least – uh, somewhat similarly. You know, for me, a lot of the the, the post-game process is done in my office, uh, whether it's with some other coaches, you know, watching some of the video of that game, and then you start to maybe turn the page towards the next day. But, uh, you know, there's there's little things that can linger, you know, whether it's your thoughts when on your way home or through the evening. Sometimes it's a little tougher to put the game away and transition into your real life. And uh, you also know that some nights you think about who you need to bring in the next day and either have some words with about, you know where they're at, and how we can get them better, on a better place, and sometimes it's just about being positive with some other guys. So yeah, you know, I, everybody kind of reflects on the games that that are already played, and you try to learn from them. But then you got to start preparing for what's on the next day.
1: Typical Friday night, three-hour game. How much time do you actually have? You you talk about yeah. getting together with the coaches what would be your arrival time back home, and what time do you have to leave yeah. to start the whole thing over? Yeah, you know, I think most nights, Jack, after a night
4: game, I get out of here somewhere around 11.30, and so, and, and that's with a normal game, roughly 3 to 3.15. I don't know what's normal anymore. Yeah. They <laughs> all seem long. And, uh, yeah, I get back here usually roughly 8.30 for those day games the next day, unless it's a noon game, and it might be a little earlier. But yeah, that's just the routine of the season, sure. uh, and I think, People that have been around the game for a long time enjoy that routine, and, and you look forward to the day-to-day challenges that a major league season brings.
3: Is it different as a manager than either as a coach or a player in terms of flushing the game, moving forward, not being able to dwell on it, on, on it bad on a particular play?
4: I think it's probably somewhat dramatically different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the all-encompassing aspects of your team, and you have to be able to sort through Everything with, like we said, with coaches and players. You know, when you played, you know, I my my biggest thought was maybe to think about, you know, how I did or things I could have done better. And then, who's the starting pitcher tomorrow? You know, that was that was my primary concern and try to prepare for that.
1: Paul, uh, talk a little bit about your role as the manager. All encompassing, you've got personalities to deal with. You have got guys that are playing well. You got guys that are probably beating themselves Certainly. up a little bit. How do you know when to call them into your office? How do you know when to give them a pat on the back or yeah, a kick in the pants?
4: That, that's part of the uh, the enjoyment for me is is trying to find the right buttons to push with different people, and uh, you know you guys are both right about how everyone's kind of wired a little a little differently and. Um, you know, you just watch what what a guy is like when he's going well and body language and, you know, how, how he's acting in the clubhouse and the dugout in between at-bats or coming off from pitching. And when you see things are slipping away in the wrong direction, hopefully you're paying attention and and, and you know how to go about trying to address that player and, and get his mind mindset in a better place.
3: It's a fascinating conversation because we're just talking about, about human Uh, activity right and and, and human interactions and then the next level of that is individually there's how people are doing but then how people are doing with one another you're sure you're in that clubhouse and and it's like a chemical reaction sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't do you have a sense of the collective feel uh, of a team in particular this team right now
4: i think that you know you try to keep your your finger on the pulse of the clubhouse and how it is collectively You know, it's one of those things that you monitor. It also will influence if you feel like you need to address the team or whatever it might be at various points of the season. I thought it was a little bit strange the other day after we had beaten some good pitchers a couple times in Cleveland, a couple times against Boston, and the next game was a clunker. And, you know, those games felt so far removed, uh, the positivity of what we had done in those couple of series. And um, I think that's because we're getting to the point of the season where, you know, we just can't seem to make any headway. We take a step up forward, then we take a step back. And we all realize as we get close to July and the All-Star break that, you know, we need to put together some kind of a stretch here uh, to get ourselves in a better position to hopefully accomplish our goals that we have later on in the summer.
3: You mentioned the calendar and the baseball calendar at certain dates, and when you talk about July when things aren't going well in the modern game, that becomes, a oh, my gosh, am I getting traded? Are we selling? Are we buying sort of time on the calendar? Do you have to even be more vigilant to try to make sure that – those thoughts stay out of your players' minds and your clubhouse's minds so they can focus on the task at hand. Well, end.
4: some of those type of conversations around people that might be in those situations, I, I've tried to get ahead of those and address them before. We've gotten close to when those things could actually start to uh, begin to pick up any type of steam. Just uh, reminding guys of who they are and... The priorities between their families and what they do and if they're taking care of themselves and preparing and they got a little bit of resume you know you just play and and whatever works out works out but it should be something good if you're doing all those right things and that's some fascinating stuff there with paul molitor
3: jack morris is here as well we've got a whole lot more to tackle as the uh, twins getting ready to tackle the rangers a little bit later on here at target field this is inside twins and we're back after this on the home for twins baseball
0: your flagship home of minnesota twins baseball a3o wcco you're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network.
1: Welcome back to Inside Twins. I'm Jack Morris, along with Chris Atterbury and the star of the show, Paul Mahler. Paul, uh, I got to ask you what we just talked about a little bit off sure. the air. As a player, I know we we've come to know you, and I've always known you as a guy that could be a difference maker just by the way you played the game, and you know, as you would sense when you had to win certain mm-hmm. games and right. had the ability to take the notch and turn it up. Uh, How frustrating is it as a manager when you recognize those same things but might not have the character? And and I don't want to throw people under the bus, but the reality is it is about the character sometimes of the people on your team and and their ability to recognize that and make a difference.
4: Yeah, it's a tough subject. I think the game has changed in a lot of ways. We all talk about the visible things and starting pitchers and pitch counts and bullpens and and analytics and all those type of things. But, you know, the one thing that should have stayed constant is, is the collectiveness of a group and a mindset that you need to go out there and realize where you're at, who you're playing, who's pitching for the other team, where that other team's at, all those things that should create a mood amongst the group that you know heading on that field that unless something goes wrong that you need to win this game. And I, I think we need to feel that a little bit more on a regular basis here rather than just going out there and assuming something's good going to happen. You know, you've got to make things happen. And I, I think that's one area, especially with some of the guys we've asked to fill in and get a little bit more playing time than normal, that, you know, when you get those opportunities, you're thinking more about maybe how you're going to prove yourself worthy of that opportunity as opposed to, hey, Let's be able to kick it up as a group and try to find a way to win.
1: Today you're going against a guy I'm very familiar with. Wore a Twins yeah. uniform last year. Big, sexy. Gonna throw up the, the baseball. And uh, do you have any sense of what your guys are gonna feel going into this game today? I think they should feel we need to win
4: this game. I don't care who's <laughs> on the mound. That's, you know, we're, we're coming at the end of a homestand and we're going on a tough trip. And, you know, we all loved uh, Bartolo's time here last year. But you know, I'd be thinking about trying to find ways to beat him. Whether you know, what what do I do? What's my approach going to be? You know, we got Barrios pitching today, which usually is a pretty good sign for us having a chance to win. I almost wore my big sexy T-shirt this morning. (laughs) I was going to put a couple extra words on it, but I I, I decided to pass on that. I talked to him the other day. You know, obviously he was he was a great guy to have around here. He looks better. He looks like he's got himself a little better shape. Not that that's been a prerequisite for him for the last ten years, but he's going to throw it over. He's going to try to get ground balls. He's going to use Defense, and we just have to be patient and make sure we have a good approach. We just sit back and try to hit home runs. I always say that it doesn't work against a guy like this who can command the baseball.
3: We always talk about him pitching, not throwing, and and the old adage about he could tell you what's coming and and see if you could hit it. You know he's going to throw a ton of those two seamers aimed at the the hip of the yep. guy, and it's going to run back over the inside part of the plate. Now knowing what he's going to do and hitting it two different things, but from a hitter's mentality that. It shouldn't be mysterious about putting a plan together against a guy. The execution's not easy, certainly, but what he's going to try to do, that hasn't really changed for him in a long time.
4: No, it really hasn't. You know, he pitched a game against us for the Mets a couple of years ago uh, out oh, in New York, uh-huh. and, and we just didn't square many balls up. It looks like we were guessing on location and rolling over and all the things that a pitcher like this can do to hitters, especially young hitters. So. Yeah, if we get a little bit pull-happy, we're we're going to run into problems. We all know that with a guy like this.
3: Now, you mentioned Barrios, and, and he's a guy who continues to, I think, expand uh, his game. He seems like a guy who takes the experiences, good and bad, yeah. and makes them valuable as he moves forward. Is that a fair assessment from afar?
4: I, I think that Jack understands as well as anybody the, those little things that players learn early on in their career, you know what's working don't have this pitch or my stuff's not as good as I would like it to be today but they don't panic they still are able to make adjustments on the mound they're not you know they have they're smart enough to stay away from the beginnings and what hitters on the other team might beat them you know and I think he's starting to pick up on some of those things And not to mention that his stuff's been really good. I've really been pleased at how he's kind of notched down in terms of how hard he's trying to throw the ball on every pitch just to make sure he's getting it to the right spot. I think it's played for him really well.
3: It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebry Rupert, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We're back with a couple of Minnesota-made legends as Inside Twins continues after this on your Home for Twins Baseball.
1: This is Byron Butch. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO.
4: Welcome back
3: to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Kilbey Roofing, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. Uh, sitting here with a couple of legends, Jack Morris in the royal blue. We got Paul Molitor, not wearing the big sexy shirt uh, here today, but ready to go as the Twins take on the Texas Rangers. Uh, looking forward uh you got this incredible road trip coming up it's uh, chicago chicago milwaukee and and there's a lot to unpack there and we were just talking about wrigley field jack you've done pretty much everything that can be done in this game and you're going to be enshrined at cooperstown this next month you never got to pitch though at wrigley field
1: no uh, the only time that i thought we were going to play was uh, postseason in 1984 the cubs were playing the padres in a one game or done elimination round and Shockingly I took a nap. <laughs> and I woke up and we were going to San Diego and I swore we were going to play the Cubs and it was going to be a repeat of the 1945 World Series Chicago and Detroit ended up playing in in San Diego. So never had that opportunity as a player, I've been there as an announcer and it's certainly a lot of fun.
3: Uh, and you yeah. did get that opportunity yeah. at the tail end of your career.
1: Yeah, the Interleague when it
4: began, uh, I think it was 97, you know, as it started they you just played the complementary division in the national league and i did get a chance to play in wrigley uh, i've been there multiple times too in the last you know handful of years as a, as a coach and you know it's it's a incomparable to i think any other ballpark the atmosphere in the summertime and with the, as well as the cubs are playing i think it's going to be great um i even got to sing take me out to the ball game there you know after harry pass, passing they brought in people at various times to to step out onto that ledge and um uh, I was more nervous doing that than playing. <laughs> was that, 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 that was that was nerve wracking.
3: That is a ledge. I yeah. mean, because if you mess that up, they let you know. Did you
4: try you to it.
1: imitate Harry?
4: Hey! I, I didn't. You know, when I, when the song got over, I just turned around and walked back. <laughs> in, you know, so. Well, that's coming up. Before
3: we get to that, we got to talk about your roster. Uh, Fernando Romero down yesterday. I mean, it's always the case when you get a short start that uh, there's going to be a change. In this case, it wasn't a bullpen guy. Yeah. Uh, it's a guy who, whose turn isn't up for a handful of days, and you will augment your bullpen. And Alan Buznitz is the guy who will join you today. You, you know him. You've seen sure. him. And he's also, uh, I know, been pitching quite well. Down, yeah, down yeah
4: first of all, with Romero, well, you know, we see good things. We, we know about the arm. Got off to a pretty good start. I just think that he was kind of getting exposed a little bit about some of the lack of experience type issues you know things speeding up and losing focus not covering first and missing some plays on the mound and yeah just little things that i think he needs to improve upon um and we'll get him back down there and as far as boosting we know him well you know he pitched well for us last year he's been pitching really good baseball i think he had like a 20 order streak down there in triple a um the biggest thing I think that we're looking forward to see in terms of improvement with that's he's landing that curveball a lot better, whether it's to get strike one or, or back into counts and learning how to use it, when to throw it for strike, and when to get it as a chase
1: pitch. Bullpen, obviously a big part of today's game, and you're certainly no different than any yeah. other manager when it comes to the bullpen. As you go into a final game here today, uh, you got your what we consider the emerging ace of the team anyway, in yeah. Jose Barrios. Uh, how important, I mean, do you visualize how many innings you need out of a guy hoping that it will turn out the way you do? I mean, obviously yeah. you would love to see him pitch another complete game, but right. in reality, uh, you got Chicago coming up, then the interleague with, with the Cubs. Do you foresee a, a, yeah. a guy or a staff needing to get X amount of innings uh, knowing where the bullpen is at? You know, we do our our analyzation every day to give us an
4: idea of how many innings we have available. available. And, you know, some days you're short and some days you're overstocked. And we we all know that that's just how the game goes. Uh, I think we're in pretty good shape today. Obviously, we had to use a lot of people yesterday. and. You know, the back of my mind, as a manager, you're always saying, oh, what if Barrios takes a line drive in the first inning? You know, how are we going to get through nine innings and make sure you're protected in that way? Uh, And that was part of the reason to get boosted here in the short term, just the fact that we're a little bit short, even for today's game. So, yeah, I think people need to understand, you know, yesterday Odo didn't have his good stuff in the second inning, and I'm looking and I didn't know if I was going to have enough pitching to, to go through the rest of the game if I took him out. So I was really hoping I could find a way to get him through that second inning, but it just didn't happen.
3: When you look at the reports and you get massive reports every day and you see that Buxton's playing and you see that Irvin is pitching to Jorge, do you get a sense of excitement that the guys you thought you were going to be managing, the team you thought you were going to have – coming out of spring training and yeah. getting closer to actually showing up for the first time?
4: Uh, you know, I, I'm aware where these guys are at, you know, getting the reports and reading and making phone calls and all those type of things. I, The reality is, you know, I, I kind of stay in the moment with who we have and trying to find a way to maximize our roster and where it is. Um, as these people come back and, and we know how they – Can contribute. Can't wait to welcome that. But I'm not going to anticipate it too much until that guy walks through the clubhouse.
3: Well said. We'll take a break. Come back with our final segment on Inside Twins right here on your home for Twins Baseball.
0: The radio home for Twins Baseball. 830-WCCO.
3: to Inside Twins, another special edition of Inside Twins. Anytime we get Paul Molitor here in studio. Jack Morris is here as well. It's brought to you by Killeber Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made, July. It's going to be a little crazy for Jack. So, Jack, we got to enjoy these uh, times in the studio while we, while we can before things go nuts here at the uh, the end of the month. Uh, speaking of nuts, more injuries, right? Escobar, Rosario's a little stiff. You had to scratch him one day. Where are you entering a Sunday day game in terms of availability, health of your main guys?
4: Yeah, the guys that are here are... Uh All doing fairly well. You know, Rosie's shoulder, been a little bit persistent. I I don't think it's anything that we can't get around in terms of him playing today. We're just going to try and find ways to make sure we strengthen that shoulder to uh, limit any possibility of it taking him off the field. And Esco obviously getting smoked the way he did the other day. Just, you know, swelling in the elbow was a little bit inhibiting that first day. Bothers him a little bit more right-handed. We all know that. And I thought yesterday took some good swings left-handed. Not a lot of good results, but it was good to see him back in there.
3: As we look at today's matchup, we talked about the pitching, and we know Booznitz is here to kind of sharpen up your bullpen. In terms of your lineup, yeah. you've thrown some different guys around. We saw Moderate, Short, play well defensively. Yeah. We've seen different guys in the lineup. Have you settled in on a big, sexy lineup today for Marquette?
4: Uh Yeah, I have. You know, just in terms of a guy like Moderate, he's so versatile that we've tried to get him in there a little bit and get him exposed to our team. Adrian's has been playing a ton and backed him off. But, you know, today we're going to put Kepler in center field and Grossman's going to play right field. Rosie's going to be in left, and we're going to have AD and Esco and Doge and Joe defensively in the infield with Wilson catching, and, and Morrison still think that he's going to get on a little bit of a run. It was nice to see him hit one over the fence yesterday, and he's going to be DHing today. So got a lot of left-handed bats in there, and uh, hopefully we solve the big sexy. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll find
3: out. Uh, last thoughts, Jackson?
4: Well, I I,
1: I I can't end on this, but uh, you've had a few incidents where guys have been hit, and it's always been a part of the game. Is it kind of over yeah. overshadowed nowadays compared to when you played? A little bit. I think it's changed. You know, we've had a couple of incidents the last few days. I didn't really like what Porcello did. I,
4: You know, uh, I just thought that it was a message that he sent that was inappropriately executed. You know, we don't like people getting knocked down and having to protect their face. And then yesterday we had, you know, the, the unwritten rules of the game about when you can run, when you can bunt, and all those kind of things. Um, everyone's got their different opinions, and and we thought they crossed the line yesterday in that regard. And, and sometimes you gotta you gotta make a stand. Yeah,
3: that sounds good. Well said. That's Paul Molitor. That's Jack Morris. This is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Kilbrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How Memories are created, legends are made. We'll make more memories with a pregame lineup card coming up next on your home for Twins baseball.
1: You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Kilbrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better